You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Welcome to part three of our series on meaningful interaction with culture in the world language classroom. I'm here with my colleague, Adam Belthaus, World Languages Marketing Manager at Savas Learning. Adam, who do we have as our special guests today? Thanks, Walter. We're excited to welcome back Peggy Boyles and Rich Sayers, two co-authors of the Savas Middle School and High School Spanish series Autentico, along with educator Miriam Met. In our first two podcast episodes, we talked about investigating and interacting with culture and also making intercultural comparisons. If you haven't listened to these episodes already, I recommend that you do. Today, we're going to discuss a difficult topic for many teachers, how to assess for cultural understanding. Start us off with some background on this topic. Well, you know, I used to um, assess for cultural information in my classes, classroom um, information that students had either memorized or they were trying to to, par- to paraphrase um, because I'd given them information about from various countries. And now in, in retrospect, you know, at the time, even at the time, I knew it wasn't very meaningful to be um, asked and quizzed about factual information, but frankly, I didn't know any other way to grade it other than, you know, minus two, you didn't know the capital of that country, you know, so I really needed a different way to approach it. And, you know, through the last 10, 15 years, we've had a lot of help. One of the um, authors that I really enjoy reading her work about culture is Paula Hosingveld, and she has a book called Pathways to Culture. And one of her quotes about assessment and cultural uh, understanding is, testing culture has traditionally measured the knowledge of bits and pieces of information rather than insights or awareness of the essence of a cultural culture or society. Well, you know, being able to assess for the essence of culture seemed rather daunting to me. But um, again, we've, we do have some ways now of thinking about how to do that, um, because now we're wondering how are we going to assess for understanding? It's the same way that we were doing it in many of these activities we've already talked about in in previous podcasts, because we know that good activities make good assessments and good assessments make good activities. So um, now we're not just grading for knowledge, but we're asking kids to bring to the table all of the information they have gained throughout these units and then apply it and transfer it to something new that they've not studied before, that they've not seen before, and then bring it all together and see if they can provide enough evidence from all these many authentic resources that they've had. For example, there is a a painting by Simone Silva, which is a very simple painting of of a family at the table. The mother is with the boy on one side of the table, helping him roll out dough to make bread. And at the other side of the table is the father helping the daughter read while she is writing. And so again, it's breaking the stereotype of what are the roles of girls and boys and in, 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 uh, in that culture and the roles of men and women. And they're, they are having, they observe that, but then they can bring to it all of the things that they've learned about family relationships and roles, and then using that as the vehicle to start talking about that and bringing in their bringing in their as their evidence. 
So using a variety of resources and a variety of activities to bring them to be able to be independent and transfer to a new context. And Peggy, I appreciate this makes me think as we were writing Realidades and then Auténtico, uh, every one of our chapters ends with a page called Preparación para el Examen, uh, preparing for the exam. And of course, students are thinking through the different um, communicative tasks they're going to do, interpretive, interpersonal, presentational. But we always wanted there to be a culture question. And I remember, uh, Peggy, you were very strong and adamant as we were writing and like, no, this cannot just be some factoid that they just, you know, have to regurgitate the information, but rather it needed to be a thoughtful question that might require them to go back and think about the different cultural things that they had experienced throughout the chapter and then to, to make some kind of a conclusion. So um, I, I'm glad you've always kind of led us and challenged us uh, to think beyond just the bits and pieces um, of uh, culture that might be shared. Yeah, and they and they're also can use, I think we can also use uh, photographs to do that as well, not just paintings. There's a, a Photographer Michael Eastman, who had a, an exhibition of all these photographs from Havana, Cuba, and he had gone back 20 years after he took the original photographs of these beautiful mansions in Havana, which had gone to ruin within the last 20 years, and he came back and revisited them. And he's almost, he said in his photographs, as you look at them, um, they're enormous, they're about the size of a wall. And he would say, um, the, it, the, the, the photographs are telling a story. It's like doing storytelling. They, they're they telling you a narrative if you look closely enough. And so you look and you see hanging from the chandelier, there are laundry hanging and the walls are cracking. And, you know, imagine the name of the painting, the one that I'm thinking about of Isabella um, in her mansion. And the prompt can be about the students reflecting on what must this person's life have been before when this was an elegant house and what would her life be now living in that house. And by having to answer those prompts, como era la vida, as, and then the second part of that prompt, como es la vida hoy, you're not only asking them to look for clues and looking at the history of what has happened in that country, but also asking and checking for accuracy of knowing how to use the past tenses. But it's not a grammar test. It's not. And that's what's so beautiful about integrating culture into instruction. It's not, OK, this is the grammar section of the test. And this is the cultural section. It weaves together sometimes. And when that happens, that is a work of art. These are excellent ideas that will make assessing cultural understanding more relevant and meaningful. Rich, what strategies have you used? Well, I'm going to share a strategy that actually I got out of the California framework as California was looking at the study of world languages. But when I read this, I thought, oh my goodness, that is a rich sayers way to do something. So let me let me describe this. Um, it's called the stations activity. Um, I would have typically used this really well with a Spanish two class or a Spanish three or higher. In this, what I would do is I would think of, I would be um, focused on a theme, but I would select a variety of cultural resources. So like one station might have an authentic video. Another station might have a work of art. Another station might have something to read, a photograph, 
uh, charts, graphs, whatever they could be. So each station would have something um, that would represent the cultural theme that we were doing. And then students would uh, understand that the, now, the way I would have done it is that they would have then worked in a group and they would have moved as a group from station to station to station, not all in one class period. This couldn't be all done. This might have taken place over a variety of days. But at each station, uh, the group would then have a task. And maybe the task uh, could be to view, maybe it could be to discuss, perhaps there were questions, uh, there might have been um, a chart that they had to fill in, like we discussed before. And, and so in this, you're, the what's happening is the students are interacting with that. They are uh, providing their observations. Uh, they're providing their reflections. Uh, they would be supporting the reflections by things that they heard in the video, saw in the work of art or in the photograph, uh, whatever. And then they would, uh, a really cool thing to do, uh, you could just stop it there, but I think, um, and you would get a lot to be able to assess them just in that much. But how about having your assessment now become a performance assessment? And now, now we're going to go into that presentational uh, mode of communication. And so what there might be something like this. All right. So you've just seen all these different things of culture related to, let's say, let's say the topic had been um, festivals and celebrations in your community. Well, it would be real easy to imagine that maybe some of these people that had been in the cultural uh, resources that they heard about or in any other country are going to come to their community in, in the Midwest of the U.S. or in California or in the East or whatever that would happen to be. And what we want to do is we want to prepare um, a project to let them know what it's going to be like. So then we would have criteria that they have to do, like you must describe uh, celebrations that are common to this uh, particular community. What's the purpose of the celebration? Does it have a history? Um, are there details that you could tell about how long it goes on, where it takes place? Um, are there foods that are a part of the celebration? If so, describe them. And, and then anything that you can do to make your guests uh, feel comfortable uh, with that new experience. And then again, kind of weaving together um, kind of a performance-based task with assessment of culture, I would then want to give the students options. All right, so now you've created this, but how are you going to deliver this? Is Are you going to make a video? Are you going to do a TikTok? Are you going to... Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to create some kind of a presentation like a PowerPoint or a Prezi? Uh, will you do a poster that's going to go up on the, the parts of the, the town, write a letter? So all of those kinds of things. And then that's how the students could um, convey the information that they had gotten, demonstrating what they now know about other cultures, but then also bringing their own into it. Wow, there's lots of great ideas there, Rich. Do you two have any final thoughts related to culture that you'd like to share with us? The only thing that I wanted to add is that I think um, one of the things about assessment uh, for cultural understanding is the aspect of how do you grade it? You know, it, it, as I mentioned before, it is it's very difficult to do minus two or minus four when you're looking at how students are relating to something you know, a product or a practice. And I think we need to um, think about not grading, but think more about rating their ability or their performance of 
Um, what are they noticing? What are they bringing? How many resources are they citing in order to come to those conclusions? Because that could be one of the criteria in a rubric would be the number of resources that they have maybe even independently on their own because they're interested in the particular theme. So those they've had in class and then others. So that could be one way of rating that. Another way might be um, how did they interpret those resources? Were they just telling about them or were they actually interpreting them in a more meaningful personal way. So that could be a second criteria about how they're interpreting them. And then um, they could also talk about, um, you know, how those are, how they're using those maybe even to compare to their, to their own cultures. So the idea of grading in a different way, and but uh, rating them and assessing them in a in a meaningful way so that the students are being asked to personalize their responses. And going back to what we said previously, there isn't a right and wrong answer. It's showing evidence that you're reflecting and processing cultural um, information and experiences that you've gathered throughout the, the unit and for that matter, for the entire course. Well, that's that's really helpful. Thanks, um, Peggy. I, I guess, Adam, there's two things that I think of in addition to what Peggy just said. One is thinking about student engagement. Um, over the last year or so, as I've, I've had a chance to interact with teachers who have kind of come out of the, the COVID pandemic uh, time period, uh, one of the things that I have found is that teachers are really all trying to figure out, wow, how can we get our students uh, back? How can we have them be engaged? What can we do um, in that? And um, and I think Peggy said it in the last podcast that many students that's what that's what they want to get out of a, of a language class is what's the culture I want to learn on that, and um, I, I quoted before uh, Dr. Ernest Morell. There's another thing that he said that has really stuck with me when I think about student engagement. He says we can eliminate low academic self esteem and a lack of interest. By understanding what engage and excites our students, and this is the key part, by making connections to their lived experiences. When we can help them see cultural information, but to see that there is a connection to their own lived experiences, that's one of the things that's going to um, touch them and therefore uh, really in increase um, student engagement. But the other thing, and this is something that, that ACTFL is all about, our state standards are all about this, and that is the idea to build student capacity. And what we mean by this is, you know, we could just talk about a lot of facts that would be easy for us to grade and so forth, and students have to remember and recite them. But how about instead we keep what I think all of us language teachers care about, and that is we want to build those skills in our students that will allow them to travel that will allow them even in their own communities to come in contact with people that maybe have a different cultural background and, and um, get to know them, um, understand them, uh, appreciate them. So by doing some sometimes some of these things in our classroom using the great resources that Peggy and I have discussed, we're, we're building that capacity for when they're not in our classroom and are able to take that and really become citizens of the world uh, and just have that lifelong experience. That's wonderful. 
I'd like to thank you both for this wonderful conversation. Listeners, if you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to all three episodes of this podcast for the full context of our discussion. I want to thank our guests and thank you for listening. Back to you, Walter. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Rich Sayers and Peggy Boyles for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This Moving Learning Forward series is presented by Savas Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit savas.com today to request pre-K through 12 curriculum samples for your school or district. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savas Learning with hashtag Moving Learning Forward.